Hey everyone, I'm Norman. And I'm Jody. And today on the podcast, we have Stephanie Maggs from Hockley, Ontario, who's a runner and triathlete. And what we know about Stephanie and what's really quite intriguing, which I think you'll find interesting, is she's going after the Seven Continent Marathon Club. That's what I can't wait to find out because what what does it take for someone to take on something like that? I think it's a lot more than one would expect. Yeah, and I'm I think she's been trying to get after this goal for ten years. Pretty close to it, wow. is my understanding. Yeah. So I can't wait to find out what mindsets it. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run a marathon in every continent. That's yeah. incredible. And then yeah. she went on to Iron Man and That's right. And Iron then, Man and What's next? What's next? Hopefully. What's next? You got to tune in to find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello, Stephanie Maggs. How are you today? I am very well. How are Welcome you? To the podcast. Thank you for having me. Before we start, what are you drinking? Oh, <laughs> empty <laughs> glass of water. I already drank. Okay. Aww. <laughs> I'm having pure vodka. <laughs> nice. I've got an eggnog latte. <laughs> oh, I have to start buying eggnog for my coffee. Yeah, it's delicious. How did we meet? Because we want to see if we have the same version of how we met. <laughs> I, I personally don't remember how we met. I know you came into our store. That's the first thing I remember. But After many months anticipating the opening. <laughs> so I used to waitress in a bar part-time. And one of the customers was a friend of yours. And I always bemoaned the fact that there was no running store in town. In fact, I knew Barb way back from the the other store in yes. Brampton. Yes. Um, and we, I, whenever I would go in there, I would also bemoan the fact that Orangeville doesn't have any sort of store. So the, the guy at the bar mentioned that someone he knows was going to be opening up a running store and we were very excited. How I remember okay. knowing about Joey McNeil. And for the <laughs> listeners, Barb is our very first employee who was with us us right up until the end. And she's she's still power walking, which is great for her. Yep. I remember meeting you the first time at a Run Dufferin meeting that we actually held in the store. And I think you were the treasurer or at the time. Yeah, I'm one of the, I was one of the signing authorities, yeah. Yeah, that's how I remember meeting you specifically. So, um, so meeting in person. Meeting in person. So you were running. I knew your name before. <laughs> So you were running for a long time before that we opened our store. Is that right? Not really. I started running at around 40, but I was part of, do you remember um, when the Olympics were going on? Run Dufferin had a, a group of runners with torches behind the, the actual torch bearer. Yes, for sure. So I was one of those people. And that would have been 2010, wouldn't it have been? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when the Olympics were. I think it was. I know it wasn't an odd year because it couldn't be an odd year. <laughs> right. Yeah. 2010 sounds about right. 
So why did you start running at the age of 40? What changed in your life that you decided to take that up? Well, it actually didn't start with me running. When I was turning 39, so I was still 38, going on 39. I don't know, so every so often a number just kind of hits you a bad way <laughs> or a different way. So I'm going to be 39. I'm thinking, you know, what have I done with my life? You know, I need adventure. So I found out that there was this women's triathlon series and they had a race in Orangeville uh, by just north of here on in Destiny Lake, Lake, I think it was called. That's right. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do that. So I'm, I'm standing, waiting to go in the water. I'm super excited. And then I get in the water. And despite the fact that I've been swimming since the age of three, Ooh. I had the worst time. And I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even know it was a panic attack. That's how much of a newbie I was. <laughs> I right. thought, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. What's going on? So I ended up on my back doing the elementary backstroke, had the canoes come over to me. You okay? Yes. <laughs> Just swimming along. <laughs> I talked to people about it afterwards. They said, oh, you need a wetsuit. Because of course, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a wetsuit. So I went and bought a wetsuit. and. I bought the wrong wetsuit. I bought one for kind of like wakeboarding. So it was really heavy. It was, just wasn't a proper wetsuit. So the next event, I go. I'm confident. I've got this covered. Get in the water. <laughs> um, Full-blown panic attack. Again. Uh -huh. And then, of course, everyone has, you know, much like when everyone has an opinion on how, to, how you will like liver and onions, everyone has an opinion on what to do to prevent a panic attack. The next event, I think I had a thermos of hot water and I poured that down. Panic attack. Next one, I went in the water beforehand, kind of tried to warm up. Panic attack. So I, I probably did a good 10 of the series because they had three locations. I kept trying. I kept trying. And then finally, I was at maybe the 10th on my way to Milton or Grimsby. And I'm literally crying because I'm so petrified not, not really that I'm petrified I'm petrified of the crappy feeling you get when you have a panic attack in a race right and I thought what am I doing like why am I doing this and so at the time I was on a Canadian tire mountain bike for my triathlon <laughs> series with I think three working gears it wasn't really an option to become a cyclist and so I became a runner. <laughs> wow. How yeah. persistent, though, of having a panic attack that many times and still trying. Like A lot of people would have given up after the first one. I know so many people with advice, and they kept giving me new advice. And I thought, oh, okay, this is what will do it. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then, of course, fast forward. So then I became a runner. I've done lots of marathons all over the world. But then to come full circle... A couple of years ago, this, this running store we have in town decided to have this women's triathlon group. And I thought, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> and then I learned about the proper wetsuit. Who knew? <laughs> it's funny. All that time, for all those times, not one person asked me, hmm, what kind of wetsuit are you wearing? Right. <laughs>
Isn't that amazing? So of course. And, and talk about full circle because I've had such issues with running injuries. It used to be I hated swimming. Biking was okay. I loved running. Mm. And it's now completely flipped. I love my swimming. Oh, my gosh. I miss the quarry like nothing right now. Then the biking has always stayed kind of middle of the road. And now running, it's like, yeah, got to do right. it. <laughs> so going back so, when you I got mean, into running, did you immediately – go to the marathon or did you start with tens and halves or what was it more the challenge in the marathon that kind of kept you going in that direction? I started with the half and then I, I basically went to the goofy, the Disney goofy. So I didn't just do a marathon as my first marathon. I did a half marathon the day before. Oh, right. So. Of course the goofy. <laughs> <laughs> starting to see a pattern (laughs) (laughs) and then from the marathon how because we know what what we're getting to is your continents marathon challenge what was it about that that intrigued you because that is a huge thing to undertake from uh, training and from life and from you know monetarily and travel challenges and all of that so what was it about the continental marathon that you were excited to do I actually didn't know I was going to do it until I was already in it so I was fortunate enough to find a group um, team diabetes so it raises money while running you know international or domestic races and they have cycling events and they used to have triathlons and whatnot it took a lot of fundraising for sure. And of course I do tend to spend money while I'm in other countries. So (laughs) that gets expensive. Um, But for the most part, it was a win, win, win situation. I was raising money for a cause that's dear to my heart, diabetes. I was keeping fit because if you're going to train for a race, you you're going to have to exercise and I was seeing the world. So honestly, there's no downside to that right what had happened um and again I just stumbled on it like I I guess I must stumble on most things in life (laughs) I was reading an an email at my work and I guess a a former student worked at the Canadian Diabetes Association and had submitted uh, an advert in our communique about team diabetes at the time, my son had come back from a high school retreat, terribly upset about his the passing of his dad that had happened like years ago from diabetes. Mm. And so this advert was for running the Disney Marathon for teen diabetes. And it just seemed like what a great thing for, for my son to do that kind of hit on a whole bunch of different things. It was fun to get away he was doing something in the name of his dad. So that's how it actually got started. I honestly thought that by having an article in our local paper that people would donate, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It was awful trying to raise not only my portion, but of course I, I raised Drew's portion, my son's portion as well. And it was all family and friends and Nobody likes to do that. Right. And I vowed, you know, once this was done, never again was I going to do this. And then, of course, after the race, 
A, it was successful and we had fun. They have a keynote speaker who, you know, is motivating and, you know, pulls at the heartstrings. And the next thing I know, I'm signing up for the next event. So, <laughs> so before yeah. the, the seven continents started, what marathon did you do before you even thought about doing that? After the so goofy. my very first. Well you, well, you did the goofy half. And then the full. The and then the day. full. So was that considered your first continent marathon or did you, okay. So then you said, so my, my first race. So thinking back, I don't think I even ever did a five or a 10. I think I jumped straight to a half. I don't know why. (laughs) And again, at the time, I honestly thought that only professionals ran nonstop. I really bought into John Stanton's, you know, 10 and one. And I, I ran the first couple of years like that. And then, you know, further down the line, I thought, I'm going to try not stopping. And I took like 20 minutes off my half. It's like, wow, that's something. Wow. <laughs> Substantial. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't really, <clears throat> I, should, I should research more. Uh, but anyway, so uh, the Toronto half was my first race into running. And then a couple of years later, so in 2008, Drew and I did the half in Disney. And then the event that I signed up for at that location <laughs> was the Goofy the following year, mostly because I saw all the hardware they got. They got three medals. <laughs> oh, yes. It's all about the medal. Swag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do anything if you give me a medal for it. <laughs> well, so the Goofy was my first full marathon that happened to be the day after running a half marathon. And then even even then, I didn't kind of think about seven continents. I think it was, so later in 2009, so Goofy was 2009. Later in 2009, I also did the Athens Marathon. And then I think maybe that is when just the little idea of a thought came into my head about, hmm, I wonder if I could do all seven continents. The seven continents challenge after Goofy between Goofy and Athens. You knew about this. I don't think I actually knew that um, there was a, a proper club, the Seven Continent Club. But I guess I must have known that there was a, a marathon on Antarctica. Mm. You know, I think at the time, uh, a Team Diabetes alumni might have done it. Okay. So I, 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 I probably kind of just knew about it from that way. And then how did you end up in Athens doing that marathon? At the time, like every year, Team Diabetes would kind of release all the locations that they'd be going to. Okay. And I mean, you know, like they always went to Iceland and, you know, like they had all these great locations. Like why, why wouldn't you? Easter Island they did only one time. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that one, but big regret. Um, so anyways, you just kind of, it was just like a catalog. Oh, where should I go this year? <laughs> so Athens. It was the year before, so it was the 2,499th running since Fidipides did it way back when. So it wasn't quite the big anniversary, but I was okay. Do you know how many races you've done since you started, not including triathlon? No. No. (laughs) But you... you Like if I, I, I mean, all fives and tens and... Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. But you keep your bibs, don't you? I think I remember you... I do. Yeah. Yeah. In a photo album? 
or something similar? Nope, just in a stack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. always curious to know who keeps their bibs and what they do with them because I've never kept a bib. Um, we display our medals, but bibs, I don't, I don't know why I never start stop to think about collecting yeah. them, but it's a nice to look back on and have memories when you can yeah. see them, right? Yeah. yeah. When I lived on Abbey, I had them pinned up in the garage. Hmm. So if ever the garage door was open, you could see a whole wall of numbers. <laughs> right. So when we were doing research about the Continent Club, um, there's some controversy, controversy, uh, about there being an eighth continent. And Google was not very yeah. decisive on yes or no, whether there's an eighth continent. <laughs> so is it the, uh, the Australian side or the Madagascar side? Because I've heard both. They called it... Zealandia. In 2007. Okay, so it's the Australian one. Okay. In 2007, they 17. Found, oh, two, three years ago? Yeah, they said that they were going to admit it as a continent, and that one of the Continent Club websites for marathons says that there are eight. And you have to now get okay. eight badges. But how do you run on a continent that's submerged? I don't get it. That's where your swimming comes in. Yeah, maybe. Good thing I have a good wetsuit. <laughs> um, well, because I've also heard Madagascar constitutes a continent. Okay. All on its own. So I've heard that on uh, as well. Yeah. After Athens, then what was your next marathon on which continent? Well, it took a while. So Athens was 2009. And I certainly understand their thinking, you know, team diabetes would do a lot of races in Europe because logistically it's really easy to get people there. You know, when they did Easter Island, the reason why they only did it one year was because there's only the one flight going in. There's an, a finite amount of space in the hotel. Mm -hmm. So like, like anything that goes wrong, there's no backup plan. So I, I, I understand that Europe is very easy. So I did a few more in Europe, and then finally in 2012, they announced Rio de Janeiro. Mm. So I finally was going to get my South American ticket. So that was fun. We, um, we were to fly to Atlanta. Our flight was delayed. There was about 10 other Team Diabetes members with me on that flight from Toronto that was delayed. The connecting flight did not wait for us, so we spent 24 hours in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. So the way Team Diabetes works, it's usually only like a, a four or five day event. You know, you kind of arrive, you have a um, kind of a welcome brunch, or not brunch, a, a, like a dinner finger food type of thing. The, so that's usually on a kind of a Thursday that you arrive. Friday is usually a free day. Saturday, if the race is the Saturday, then the Friday night is the pasta dinner. If right. it's Sunday, Saturday is the pasta dinner. Monday's the, vic the victory dinner. And then you go home Tuesday. So it's a very, very short um, trip. You can pay extra to stay on on your own dime. That's fine. But for South America, I didn't. So it was only a four day trip, anyways. And I got to spend 25% of that <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> well, that was fun but we um you know we did the, the sugar mountain and the uh gosh what's the the one with the statue on top called 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in, in there. Fact, that's, that's what's on the medal, except it looks like he's running through a ribbon <laughs> with oh. his arms stretched out. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it rained, and the wind was so horrible for that race. Like, it, it rained in Athens, too, pretty much the whole time. And then Rio de Janeiro, it was rain, but wind, like the barricades were falling over and chasing runners. Wow. Like that's how windy it was. It was wow. crazy. Yeah. So wow. I, I haven't had, and, and of course, I decide I'm going to dress up. So I had taken all my old team diabetes shirts and I made them kind of like a, like a grass skirt kind of thing, like a, an, like a yeah, not a long tutu. <laughs> Um, and of course, in the rain, it saturated all the water. <laughs> so that was super fun. Yeah. And I think I had missed dropping off a bag. I had picked up, we had the, um, they had these string knapsacks that I had to end up wearing. <laughs> so I had like chafe lines all down my, oh, no. my arms. It was great fun. <laughs> Very yeah. memorable. So that's your yeah. third continent. So that's third. So yeah, so that's number three. So that was 2012. So again, I did a few um, European ones. I was supposed to do um, New York in 2010. And of course, I had a stress fracture. So I ended up doing Rome um, the next March, which I guess it's, in, it's weird to say. It's like it's a consolation prize. Like, yeah, I had to do Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Rome, I, Rome is one that I um I often tell people if you're going to do one marathon in your life, do Rome, consider Rome, right? Because honestly, it's like just a big tourist trip because you start at the Colosseum, you went to the Vatican, the Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps. Like wow. the only thing is that it's all most on cobblestone. Which yeah, I seem to recall you came home with an injury after that race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's you can't exactly train for cobblestones here in Canada. <laughs> yeah. So what was your fourth? Uh, so anyways, fourth is, let me think. So then we have to fast forward to 2015. So I did the Great Wall of China. Mm. Wow. And did you know that there's two Great Wall of China marathons? Nope. Didn't know that. For the longest time, mm -hmm. I thought I was doing one, but I wasn't. I was doing the other one. <laughs> Because there's one where you're 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 on the wall a lot more, and it's really treacherous. Like like I saw videos, and it's like, oh my god, how what have I done? But fortunately, I hadn't done that. <laughs> so the one I did, it's the Great Wall. Um, it's I think seven k on the actual wall. So you you kind of start the first five k is like running up a huge hill, and then you get to the wall right. and the steps. So you do that and then you kind of run all through the countryside and then you come back and you, you, there, there's a pretty strict time limit. You have to be back at the wall by a certain time or they just don't let you finish. Wow. Wow. So yeah, like lots of pressure, too much pressure. Like what do I that? do this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, as, as usual, I, I went into it injured. So <laughs> it wasn't like I'm doing this speedy and, you know, you think about the the wall as the um, elevation part. The whole countryside, it's all huge rolling hills. Wow. Like nothing but. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, I did manage it 
in the time limit. And so then you come back on the wall and that's where you finish. Right. Cool. At the end, at the bottom. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. You've actually done all of your continent marathons in conjunction with team diabetes. Yes. So there must be other people that are also going for the, the rec, the club, right? For the continent club. Not, not in the marathon. There's actually two other team D people who are, are doing the half. In fact, we were supposed to all finish it together in right. 2020, but yeah, we'll that's get jumping that. ahead. We'll get to that. <laughs> so we've got, yeah. we've got Asia, we've got South America, we've North got North America, America and Europe. Europe. So we need What's Australia, next? we What's need Africa. Yeah, so fast forward to 2016. So Team Diabetes did Australia. I think I was probably the first one to sign up for it. Um, And it was an actual group. So with China, they have this thing where you can build your own event. So you kind of um, work with Team Diabetes to say, okay, I want to do this. And they tell you how much to raise for it. Ah, okay. But Australia was an actual event because it's kind of nice having that camaraderie with other people. Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, because, you know, the more events you do, like I, I know people from all over Canada only because like you get to an event, you think, Oh, did, did you do Scotland? No. Oh, did you do that? Yes. That's how I know you, you know? So you start seeing the, seeing the same people over and over again. So it's kind of nice. Right. Um, so Australia, lots of people that I had previously run with on other events were there. Um, it was the Gold Coast Marathon. Oh, that's nice. It is really nice. Again, I, I, I think, I think at that point, that's when my big injury had started in 2016. Stopped running basically in March, April, right after the Around the Bay. And I literally did a 5K run the week before leaving for Australia. And what month? Boom! Did a marathon. (laughs) What month was that? The June. June. Yeah. (laughs) So that must have been a bit of a long haul. Well, you know what? You have to bank on muscle memory. You have to bank on the fact that a marathon is 95% in your brain. You know, you really have to just kind of decide, yeah, you're going to do it. It's going to be slow and easy. I reverted back to my uh, John Stanton days and did, you know, a 10 and one walk. And then towards the end, I did a a 10 and one walk to run. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever gets you to the finish line. I had Canada flags and like I was all dressed to the, the nines, which I usually do in other countries. And there are so many Australians who love Canada. And every time they would say, yay, Canada, I kind of felt obliged to run until they were kind of out of sight again. And then I'd walk again. <laughs> <laughs> and so the last one must have been Africa. Yes. So I guess we'll have to have a little asterisk beside Africa. Mm. because I was signed up, both my husband and I um, were signed up for the Big Five, which is in South Africa. Literally, you're running in an animal reserve. I really thought I could do a personal best if I thought a lion was chasing me. (laughs) Again, not always thinking through and researching. I kind of thought, you know what, we're in Africa. I'm probably never going to go back to Africa. Let's do as much as we can while we're there. I knew we were doing the marathon. I thought, well, what else, what else does one do in Africa? Oh, Kilimanjaro. Let's climb Kilimanjaro. 
Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. And follow The Ultra Norm and Shark Runner 17 on Instagram for exciting behind the scenes stuff. Like, guess what? They're married to each other. Wild, right? Now, back to the show. After a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Not so good. Yeah. Not a lot of thought went into that one. <laughs> so I was really in a dilemma because, I, again, my injury was not doing too well. There was a very strict time limit on this one. And I decided that scenario I could work out because I was, I was trying to do it every way. If I did the marathon and didn't do it in the time limit, it would be a complete write-off. I might also injure myself enough that I couldn't do the climb, which would be like lose, lose, lose. Right. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to do the half. I'll have to come back to Africa for the full. And that was probably the best scenario. So we both finished the half. My husband got chased down by a, a herd of can, uh, antelope. Wow. I didn't see one animal because I, I generally look down because I'm, I'm pretty klutzy. I'll fall. I'll, you know, as soon as I look up to see the beautiful scenery, a rock or a root gets me. So I'm, I might have had them all around me. But the race was delayed because um, I think the elephants were on the course. Right. Wow. So we were about 40 minutes delayed because of the elephant. Wow. And they told us years before they were delayed again because the elephant not only were on the course, but they got into the bananas, the, <laughs> one of the... Um, aid stations? Aid stations. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if you're on their territory, you have to kind of just go with the flow. So does that mean you do have to technically do another marathon in Africa then? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I did the half with Team Diabetes. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I did the full in Uganda in 2018. Oh, of course I remember. You went wow. with Christine. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I made a token donation because we raised money for the Uganda Foundation. I helped build a chicken coop while I was there. So, like, you know, if anyone's looking for some neat twist on doing a marathon internationally, you know, you sign up for a whole week of volunteerism and then you do the marathon at the end so that was really amazing but I think I I made a someone donate something towards team diabetes for that as well so I in my head I thought yeah that counts as a team diabetes event (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so the elevation in Uganda was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but again you know they didn't have a time limit I think I was over six hours for that one so I know in my heart could be an ultra marathoner because I've, I've put the time <laughs> already. <laughs> I just don't have the speed that goes with that six hours. But so which yeah, one? Would yeah, you- it's easy to do a marathon in two hours. You're you know you're not out there for exactly. too long, right? Exactly. <laughs> so what would you consider to be the hardest? Whether it's because of weather conditions or going in with injury or hills, what one would you say would be the hardest so far? That's a hard question. Um, Probably China, mm. because it, it really was so much elevation. Mm. And it was hot. It was like 90 degrees by 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, it was stinking hot. Yeah. 
Mm. Wow. What was the most memorable? Um, well, I have done Disney a few times. That's a very well-organized race <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm not really sure. Mm. Think back on every race that kind of makes it special and neat. Right. But I don't think I could actually pin down my favorite. Well, that's a tough question. So for 2020, you were going to be checking off Antarctica, which is such a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was the Friday. I was supposed to leave on the Sunday. Friday, they canceled. What? Just passed? Uh, which? No, part? like on when COVID started. Oh. Are you? Yeah, serious? so I was supposed to leave on the Sunday. It was two days prior. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And my friend, what, the girl, one of the girls that was doing the seven continents with the half, she was already in South America because she was she was getting her South American half before doing Antarctica, so that Antarctica would be the last one. So I can't remember where she started. She was in one of the northern countries, and they canceled not due to COVID, but air quality. Oh, so that got canceled. And then, so, and she already knows, like, Antarctica's canceled at this point. And so, like, she rearranges everything, cancels all her, her Airbnbs, her touristy stuff to capture, uh, to catch the chili half. Not, not that, not our chili half, the chili, C-H-I-L-E, uh-huh. chili, <laughs> the rock and roll one. So she did manage to get down there. They didn't cancel it. And she at least got her sixth continent and then just came back home so at least I hadn't left I was able to get back the money from the airlines and stuff like that she didn't so oh my god but how difficult without COVID how difficult is to actually get to Antarctica to do the marathon how difficult is the process yeah how how it works is you spend a couple of days in Buenos Aires and then you take a small flight down to Ushuaia, the southernmost tip of South America, where you uh, board the boat. <laughs> so in the past, it was a scientific boat that did these voyages all through the, the three days of passage. You're, you're getting all these talks on climate change, whales, like, like just all this stuff. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So they deferred it to 2021. Okay. Uh, And just a few weeks ago, they notified us that, yeah, it's been deferred to 2022. So if someone wanted to do the Antarctica Marathon now, they probably would have a good six-year wait. I signed up in 2017 to do it in 2020. Yeah. Wow. Because they only have, they can only have, hundred people at a time on the continent. A hundred total. Yeah. So they take two hundred people, and they actually have the race on two days. So how it works is you arrive on like the Friday morning, and all the halves and the really fast marathoners do their race that day, mm-hmm. because again, there's a really strict time limit, and it can be shortened. So I was really ready in 2020 for it. I had been training on hills because who knew there was elevation in Antarctica. I honestly thought snow falls, it's flat. (laughs) No, (laughs) I met up with two of the tourist workers in Uganda that worked on Antarctica. Oh, wow. And 
I kind of mentioned about, oh, well, it's flat. And they said, no, it's about the same elevation as this. Ah, like massive. So anyway, so Friday, the halves all do their run. And the fastest marathoners do their run because they have to be able to finish in five hours. And they say to add an hour to your regular marathon time for Antarctica. Wow. So then that's the first hundred. Then the second hundred, do it the next day. But the kick in the pants is that if on Friday you're this fast marathoner and you're running in a blizzard, and then the next day, me being a slower runner, running in sunny weather and perfect conditions, uh, it's only one runner. <laughs> oh, yes. So it's just sure. luck of the draw. Great. <laughs> so so what, yeah. what's the average temperature been there during that time? Do you know? Like, what were you having to prepare? The worst, it, basically here. Okay. Okay. There's not one bit of clothing I bought extra that I didn't already own. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So it's it's between zero and minus twenty. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty comparable to Toronto yeah. or to Orangeville weather. So someone who wants to take on this challenge is basically Whew. try to sign up for Antarctica before you even start any other. Yeah, right? And then is do that, all the that, other ones, and then Antarctica will be ready. Yeah. Is that fair to say? And there's people who do it in, in like a week. Like, like, how crazy is that? It's taken me like 12 years to do it. <laughs> right. They've done the whole challenge in a week. In a week. Yeah. I think Isn't I've, that crazy? It's nuts. The jet yeah. lag alone. Forget it. So how, <laughs> right? many have, how many people do you know who's even done this? Is there a number of how many people have done this? Oh, gosh, yeah. So probably, I think, I think they're in, well, I can give a guesstimate, I guess. I think they're in their 15th year. And if roughly 200 sign up every time, that would be what, 3,000? Wow. Okay. Hmm. I just thought 30,000. I know. I know the jet lag's just, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, we wish you And then they, they have. Oh, thank you for that, because we know how hard you've worked and we we know how hard you work at fundraising, too, which you've come up some yeah. very unique ways to fundraise for team <laughs> diabetes through your cake making and your candle making. And yeah. now's the time to mention any of that if you would like. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So I still am do even though I've finished raising for Antarctica last year, I'm still doing cakes for donations. So if you have a specialty cake that you need, I am more than happy to do it. It's a hundred percent a donation, so I make zero on it. I um I lose money on it because someone has to buy the the stuff to make the stuff, but you get a tax receipt for the full amount. So it is a great situation for someone else. Right. Um, I just, I had been making candles as donations as well, but I just recently, uh, registered as a business, wickedly delicious wicks nice. and my candles. Oh, look, I happen to have one beside me. How's they that? look, Ooh. <laughs> so they kind of look like what they are. So this is a pumpkin spice. There's a lemon meringue. Is this so, my way too? Un- unfortunate that you can't smell all this, but it smells lovely. <laughs> smell lovely. So those are no longer for donation, but if anyone's looking for unique gifts for people, good for you. Reach out to me. 
Absolutely. We'll get your info and post it in the uh, comments below. Comments below. Okay. <laughs> in addition to training for all of those marathons, you found your way back to triathlon. And yes. you have to I true that. love. Yeah, you've taken that to another level too. Yeah. So if but it helps not, if you have a, a best friend that you can talk into anything. <laughs> that's true. Sharon is a is a good person to have by your side because I'm sure you guys talk yourselves into so many things. <laughs> After a few bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. Or beer. Well, quite literally, we signed up for Ironman after the beer run. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yes, on your bus. That's right, the beer run bus. Sean was there. He said, you should do it. And Sharon and I were like, yeah, we're gonna. I think Sean drank half of a Kraken rum bottle at the end of that race. So you definitely. I think uh, we all did. <laughs> so tell us about yeah. your Ironman. Where was it? How was it? Well, um, well, you have to back up and first start with the women's, uh, oh, yes. the Orangeville Triathlon Club. Because honestly, that was an amazing service you offered to Orangeville. Certainly to me, because it changed my total world on triathlon. Along with I, Let's not forget about yeah, it. Yes, Lisa, yes. It's Lisa's fault. We would never <laughs> have done this on our own. And we'll be talking to Lisa at some point, I'm sure, to explain how that all started. But just, it's incredible how that snowballed. And you're one of the, yeah. the people that we can point to and say, hey, she went from having yeah. panic attacks in the water to doing Ironman. So, yeah. It's possible, right? Yep. And it's really just having the guidance of having people tell you, you know, what wetsuit to buy, what bike to, you know, to use, you know, how to train. Mm -hmm. like just, and, and just being all women, I don't know, it was just a really great community. Did you not find that the group, the group mentality kind of really helped in that situation because you knew that there were other women that were waiting at the pool to get started and waiting at the track to do the workouts and Wednesday night bike rides. Like I think women in particular really are uh, motivated by other women and, and training mm -hmm. together whereas men tend to be a little bit more loners in that regard. That's, that's what yeah. I think. I've noticed that. Well, Okay, so like a, back in the day when I was doing the women's series with my mountain bike with three working gears, I forgot to mention it also had a chain that always would fall off in Milton. <laughs> so every time it happened in Milton, every woman either kind of slowed down or said, everything okay? You okay? Whereas men, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Norm. They would just keep <laughs> you while you're down you know <laughs> stay down hey this is a race by the way over you at the quarry you know i've yeah. never had a woman swim over me at the quarry but <laughs> so, yeah. yeah a different different mentality and i certainly loved like the iron girl when it is just women those are kind of my favorite right and all i mean got, oh my gosh like you know yourself you see women who are young you know 18 and then you see an 80 year old, you see them, you know, 80 pounds, you know, 400 pounds. Like there is so such a wide range of women doing these. It's just amazing. You can't help, but you know, love it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So, so the year I was in the club, we did the try a try and then iron girl. That was our um, agenda. But then 
Sharon and I also signed up for the Wasega Olympic. So in that first year, we went from try a try to Olympic, which I'm always super happy about. Respectively, we came last and second last in our age group, but <laughs> that's motivation. Of course, a you finish. <laughs> a finish is a finish, right? That's, that's right. right. Um, and then the next year, I don't know if it was the next year we did Barrel Man, so we took it to the half distance, and then we. We kind of did that two years, I think. And then finally in 2018, we got drunk at the beer run and signed up for Louisville. So you're welcome. And of course, Louisville is no more. They don't have it anymore. You know what? I am eternally grateful. I honestly am. I, I can't say enough good things about the club. Oh, well, thank you. It's nice yeah. to hear that. It really is. Like life-changing. Like, oh. honestly. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how much it bothered me that I failed at triathlons in the past until I was successful with your clinic. Right. So, well, no, I'm talking. It was a huge thing for me. Well, and I, you can't say that you failed because if showing up at a start line 10 times in yeah, a row it's not a failure. with that history of having the anxiety in the water, that is huge, Stephanie. That that is really something yeah. to be proud of because and you didn't let it go, right? You sat back for a little while, you did other things, but you came back to it to say, you know what, you're not gonna get me. It just shows how strong willed you are, which is mm -hmm. a good thing. Yeah, it's right? amazing. Yeah, stubbornness. I'll be a great ultra. Yeah, I'll be a great ultra. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and speaking of ultras. <laughs> well, let's talk about your Ironman first, very, very briefly. Yeah. About Ironman. You can just do a synopsis of your experience. It's again the year before. What? Which one was it? Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. So the year before, they had like 30 degree weather. It was, you know, that kind of race. Of course, when I did it, it wasn't that. It was like single digit almost, like it hovered between, you know, nine and 10 and it rained pretty much the whole day. So you were wet, you were cold. And my biggest takeaway from that is that I finished it. <laughs> Whereas there were elites who didn't even bother because it was too cold. <laughs> yeah. When they, when they started, the water was so, uh, the current was so strong that like all the elites jumped in and they stayed in one spot. It was like they were in an infinity pool because <laughs> wow. the current just was so strong. So they had to actually change the, the route so that we weren't going. We were just going all downstream, which honestly, in hindsight, they probably should have canceled the swim because <laughs> the stream going downstream, like my swim was shorter than my transition time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because the current was so fast. And to the point where, like, you're you're in the Ohio River, there's these big cement pillars, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I can get over fast enough because that pillar was really coming up fast. Wow. So sometimes, like, maybe maybe it wasn't the safest water to be swimming in. Certainly not the cleanest, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and then the bike, honestly, I think I've just blocked it out. I was on the bike for eight hours, and I really have no recollection at all. That's a good thing. Yeah. And same with my T2. I think I was like almost an hour in T2. I think I just zoned out. <laughs> Honestly. Like they were all like, we were so worried about you. 
they had this big heating vent in the tent Uh-oh. and I kind of waited my turn and got in front of it. And then I just think I zenned out. It's just like, ah, oh, I can feel my fingers again. You know? <laughs> so, Do you have yeah. a of the run? <laughs> Not really. Other than um, because they had switched the, the swim, you know, again, I, you don't know what you don't know. I, and we asked, you know, what about the, the finish time? Like, how much time do we have? They maintain that we still have, like, the 16 hours. And, like, right up until, oh, my gosh, I think it was at mile 23 that I found out, no, 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 we don't have the same amount of time. <sighs> so I hustled for those last three miles. And, you know, I crossed the finish line. The announcer did say that I was an Iron Man. They gave me a medal. But then the next day, they said I didn't finish oh my, my official results. But because there was such a, a backlash of people, because honestly, at any point in the race, every aid station, it, like there were so many places they could have put boards up saying how much time you had, that right. it wasn't the 16 hours, you know, but they didn't. Right up until mile 23 because I was asking every aid every volunteer you know do I still have you know 16 hours yeah and they were all saying yep 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 <laughs> so of course you're you know to revamp your running pace at mile one is one thing to do it at mile 23 a lot yeah. harder <laughs> a lot harder yeah. yeah but anyways they gave me my finish so I'm, I'm grateful for that I do feel because I didn't do a full swim I should do another Ironman so what was the length of the swim that day? I think it ended up being, I think they took 1.5K off. So what would that be? About two and a half? About that, yeah. Right. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we were supposed to swim upstream around an island and then downstream. We just went downstream. Hmm. And they've recently canceled Louisville altogether? Didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So what would be the one that's on your radar if you're going to do another one? Arizona, Arizona. Nice and dry? <laughs> not, not that I've thought about it. <laughs> you had an answer pretty quick. <laughs> oh, sorry. I missed the answer. It was so fast. I think she said Tremblant. Tremblant? <laughs> no. Arizona. Oh, Arizona. You're right. Because <laughs> of the heat. <laughs> nice and dry. Even the water's dry. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Arizona right here we did Louisville and she has nothing but high praise for it so so presumably that will be after Antarctica presumably yep maybe I think Sharon is going to do another full in 24 I think she's going to do Mont Blanc but I don't know I just don't fancy doing that one no I mean a lot can change in four years true yeah so you you did sort of mention ultras a couple conversations back. Mm. Did you want to elaborate on what you might be thinking about for doing an ultra? <laughs> well, it's it's been on my bucket list forever. Yeah. Um, I guess can I can I say I doing the Yeti fifty k is already in it? <laughs> oh, that's the one where you have to split it up by time. Yeah, every four hours you had to run 8K. Not quite. You're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and it's too bad because I was supposed to do the Yeti 50 miles. 
in on October 31. Right. And we were going to be smarter this time by starting at midnight so that all the runs are in the same 24 hour day. Right. Surely that would have counted. Well, I have to say when you and Sharon were doing the 50 K, I was thinking to myself that it would be harder to run 50 K over the course of 24 hours split up than it would be to run 50 K altogether. So, I, think so yeah. I do give you props for that. <laughs> it's hard to start. And you want to hear how stupid I am. So I thought, <laughs> you know what? I want to make it really challenging. So I'm not going to do the same route twice. So you know where I live. Yes. So my first route was <laughs> east on Hockley. Second one was south on ha- on Fourth. Third one was west on Hockley. Fourth one was north on Fourth. No. Like oh, north on. Yes, fourth. I did those stupid hills. That is oh, crazy. Lined north and south is stupid hills, and I don't know what possessed me, but I did it. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Right. My treadmill <laughs> with a with a negative uh, slope. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. what have you been doing during COVID to keep yourself sort of in that mindset of getting back to training? Because you know you're going to have to be doing that sooner than later. Uh, well, I I've always run outside in the winter, anyways. For the month of November, I've I've kind of taken it off for running, so I'm just hiking and doing yoga but and November 28th I think I have a the eggnog jog so I'm gonna actually try to race it see if I can get a podium or something <laughs> how's your injury been recently because I know you've been struggling with it for a long time yeah it's same old same old so yeah it's more like how do you maintain with dealing with it right it's going to be there. So how do you still push through without making it worse? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we know that. And it's not knowing the answer. Like it, it, I think it'd be so much easier if I knew what it was and then, you know, you can put a name to it. Right. I've, I've been to countless people about it. and That's frustrating. Yep. Yeah. So before you started, I, wanted, I just want to know your mindset before you started all these adventures at age, 38, was it you said? 38, 39? Before that, were you ever an active person? Were you ever, growing up, did you ever play any sports at all? Like, well, I'm wondering where you get this mindset from. Or did you always have it? No. Well, I mean, I, like I, it wasn't my, I, I ran as th- periodically throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But I used to call it jogging. So that kind of says it all, right? <laughs> I was no runner. That's a dirty word, jogging. Right? <laughs> With a so, shoot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I, like I was just never regular at it. Like I would just kind of once in a blue moon do it. I'm going out for a jog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't play on sports teams. I, I didn't really do, like I was never not active. Like, I mean, at work. You know, if there was a gym, I would do aerobic classes at lunch. And never, like, I, I think no. I was in good shape, but yeah. nothing competitive. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I have no, I, I probably have always been pig-headed, which comes in handy when you need to finish something. Right. So I just found that interesting. Yeah. The fact that you probably always had it, 
and now it's coming out. Then you've tapped into it. Yeah. You tapped into it. And and two, you had three children, so there it becomes a time factor too, right? When you had more time, you mm. applied yourself to that. Yeah. For sure. But I always maintain like, you know, people will say, Oh, I could never run, you know, insert whatever. And I always counter with, you know what? If someone had a gun to your family's head and said, Look, you're gonna run this forty two kilometers or else, yeah, you would find a way to do it. That's right. right. So I think everyone has it in them. It's just mm -hmm. finding something to make you yeah. not stop, not listen to that voice at, at the 30K mark. <laughs> right, exactly. We like to end our program with a little rapid fire questions. Uh-oh, okay, I'm ready. You ready? All right, coffee or tea? Coffee. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Favorite post-race reward? Ooh, nice. <laughs> Here. I'm with you on that one. Uh, place you most want to travel to? How about post-COVID, like the first place you want to go? <laughs> England. Favorite childhood TV show? Run, Joe, run. <laughs> run, what? What's it called? Run, Joe, run. Run, Joe, run. Never it was about this, this German Shepherd army dog who gets wrongly accused of of killing someone and his master tells him to run away <laughs> save yourself nope i gotta find that nope. yeah i've never heard of that <laughs> yeah uh, and then every so often joe is in the scenario and he has to think back to his master saying you know run or whatever i quit brownies i quit brownies over that because there was a conflict on saturday mornings <laughs> No way. Okay, we need way. to find a clip of that to put on the video. Definitely. <laughs> uh, favorite carb, bread, pasta, rice, or potato? All of the above. Sure. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Oh, they're both Canadian, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, Gotta go right. with a Canadian first? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's very patriotic. Okay, last, last thing. Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. But I might. She's good. My bad. You were there. You know. <laughs> thank you so much, Stephanie. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I am honored that I was number three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great story. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so well, much. Thank you for letting me hi. see it. Okay. Say hi to Andrew. Okay. Yeah, we'll do. Take care. Bye. Wow. That was exciting. That was <laughs> Stephanie is on her way to number seven, was supposed to be. How yes. crushing. I had no idea oh, that it was yeah. canceled two days before she got on the airplane. She had her bags packed. Yes, that's crushing. She was going to do uh, number, the last one this year, COVID hits. No, sorry. Yep. Now you got to wait for two years. We thought your situation was bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. But anyway. yet another athlete who's gone from running to triathlon to ultras it's pretty fascinating pretty fascinating if you want to ask her any questions leave in the comments below and uh, she will definitely answer them will she of course she will <laughs> i'll make her all right thanks for tuning in Ooh, that was quite the marathon thanks for listening to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts norman and jody Please visit us at gotterunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotterunracing at gmail.com. 
And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!